0: If you would, turn in your Bible or on your device to uh, Numbers chapter 13. And um, really, I want to entitle what I'm going to briefly speak to you about. I've just got three very quick points. Don't look at your lack, look at his love. Don't look at your lack, look at his love. And uh, I'm going to use Numbers 13, uh, just a couple of uh, segments from this to really um, look at how we can look at things that are happening today. So Numbers 13, verse 1 says this, The Lord now said to Moses, send men to explore the land of of, Israel of Canaan, the land I am giving to Israel, send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded, and he sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. And then skip on to verse 25, because this is when the the leaders come back from Spying out the land. After exploring the land for forty days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the people of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was the report to Moses We arrived in the land you sent us to see. And it is indeed a magnificent country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is some of its fruit as proof. But the people living there are powerful and their cities and towns are fortified and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak who are living there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to encourage the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men, who had explored the land with him, answered, We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread discouraging reports about the land among the Israelites. The land we explored, they said, will swallow up all who go and live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. We felt like grasshoppers next to them. And that's what we look like to them. I want to say thank you to all the uh, speakers that we've spoken over the last three weeks. And uh, interestingly, they all uh, started off um, talking about how bad the days are and how the news really brings out all the negative stuff and all the, all the bad news. Because that's when you look at the television or read the paper or listen to the radio, bad news, bad news, bad news. And we, we start to sort of like feed on this diet of woe and negativity and worry and, uh, you know, that's really not what we should be doing, is it? I'm not saying not, you shouldn't watch the news, but I'm saying, is that really what should be occupying our minds? The three speakers did fantastic, and it's great to hear that Alpha is, is really doing uh, well, and uh, if, you, if you're thinking about doing Alpha, let me say, okay, you've missed one week, but you can start anytime, so please come on Alpha, whether it be online uh, on Wednesday evenings or on Friday in the in the daytime, but... It's nothing new, this bad news. It's nothing new. As we read there in Numbers 13, 12 spies were sent out to look at this land. Every single one of them saw plenty. They saw bounty. They saw good stuff. They saw fruit. Each brought back a report of what they saw. Ten of them focused on everything that was negative. Only two of them saw what God was giving them. After all, it was the promised land. God had promised them this land, but only two of them saw it. Because ten of them, all they could see was all the problems, all the obstacles, all the obstructions, all the negative stuff. Now then, here we go. Take a look at your biscuit. Take a look at your biscuit. What do you see? What do you see? How many people can actually see the icing and the biscuit? How many people saw the hole in the middle? You see, you can spend ages looking at what you you haven't got. Don't focus on the hole. Don't focus on what you haven't got. Focus on what you have got. Now, as long as you don't choke, you can can eat your biscuit while I preach, and I'll save mine for later. And that's that. You see, first point. What we focus on, we magnify. What you focus on, you magnify. We're not changing its actual size, but actually in our mind... We're making it a lot bigger. And if you stay focused on what you haven't got, on your problems, perhaps your negative medical report, or what somebody said about you sometime, or how you'll you'll never get out of your financial problems, then all that's going to do is make the problem bigger and bigger and bigger and magnify it if you focus on that. If you reach in your pocket and pull out the smallest coin that you can... 5p, you know, if you hold it up in perspective, it's quite a small coin. But if you bring it closer and closer to your eye, it's magnified. In fact, if you bring it right up to your eye, it blocks out everything, even the sun. This coin is trillions of times smaller than the sun. And yet I can hold it so close, it can obscure and obstruct my whole vision. A small thing can have such such an impact on you. It can have such an impact on your your own life, on what God's promised you. The amazing bounty of what God has for you is, is astonishing. And yet, if you bring your problems closer, if you focus on your problems, they magnify. They enlarge. They obliterate every little bit of hope that you have. It's harvest time. Why don't you ask yourself, this harvest time, what am I magnifying in my life? Is it obstructing me from seeing God's provision in my life? Am I magnifying a lot of the negative stuff? Or am I thinking about him and his goodness and his kindness in my life? Second point. Stop focusing on the problem. And start focusing on His promises. Focusing on the problem creates an atmosphere and an environment for all the stuff that really damages your health. Anxiety, worry, fear. That's not a good environment for you to dwell in. It's not a good environment for your heart. It's not a good environment for your mind. You can go through the day thinking, man, look at the price of everything going up. You know, shall I put an extra bar on the fire? I don't know. Shall I buy one of them heated blankets or something like that? I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive. What am I going to do? But you could exhaust yourself doing that. You could spend the same amount of energy saying, Father, thank you for promising to supply all my needs. You know what I need. You said you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing that I could not contain. Does anybody know where that verse is from? Whoa, Malachi. Anybody honest and say, no, I didn't really know where that was from. Yeah, okay. That's really interesting, that particular passage, because, yeah, we we recall it when somebody mentions it. But in the context of, of that passage, Malachi is talking about tithing, bringing your gifts to God, bringing your offerings, and they were in a time of lack. They didn't really, they weren't well off or anything like that, and what Malachi was saying is, give to God what is God's, and he'll supply all your needs. He'll supply more than what you need. He's got bounty. He owns a cattle on a, on a thousand hills, so... The Lord of all the armies of heaven will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessings so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, says God. Let me challenge you in this time where the electric meter is spinning around and the gas meters are spinning around and the water meter is whirring away and everything like that. Let me challenge you. Are you giving God what is God's? Are you bringing your, your tithes and your offerings? Test me on this, says God. I don't say it. God says it. Test me on this. Test me on this. If you're not doing gift aid or something like that, see Julia afterwards. She'll be happy. She'll do a dance. You know, if you're paying tax, you might as well be getting gift aid. Crazy not to, really. So it's in the context of hardship. So it's a prophetic word to every single one of us today, give to God and it will not go unnoticed. God will bless. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 says this That is why I tell, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store ba- food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire to- tomorrow, will he not certainly care for you? Why do you have so much little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, What will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Do you know, It's good to read a good portion of scripture, especially in times like this. It's good to feed your soul on chunks of scripture. The world, the radio, the TV will feed you hefty stakes of worry and bad news and all kinds of awful stuff. Maybe during this pandemic, you decided, like many, to start taking some kind of supplement, some kind of vitamin D or something like that regularly to keep your resistance high and increase your immune system. Well, you can do the same spiritually. You can do the same spiritually. 1 John 4, 18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made in perfect love. You know, reading God's word is our way of taking that supplement, taking that perfect love (laughs) that John is writing about. All scripture is God-breathed, Paul says to Timothy. And God is love. So his word is our daily prescription. Reading and meditating on it, well, it helps us focus on his promises rather than the problems. And if you feel worry and anxiety coming on, read scripture. Read scripture. Because it will reduce what worry that you've got. It will magnify the goodness of God And it will put the problems into the proper place. Focus on the promise and not on the problems. And lastly, this is a short sermon, isn't it? Um, The bigger you make God, the smaller your problems become. The more faith will rise in your own hearts. We've got a big God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us all the time you probably heard me say this before, that um, I once went to a football match with a, a, a big friend of mine called John, and we were a little bit late. So when we got there, uh, somebody was already in our seats, these big, big lads, three big lads, actually. And uh, I said to this guy, looking at my ticket, oh, I'm really sorry, mate, you, you, you're, you're sat in our seat. So this big guy just said, so... So I said, John, these lads are sat in our seat. And these three lads went, oh, we'll move, we'll move. (laughs) It's good to have a big mate, isn't it? (laughs) God's bigger than any big mate. God's bigger than any big mate. God's with us all the time. If you make God bigger in your life... Your faith will rise, your problems will, re- will reduce, your problems will get smaller. The psalmist put it this way, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, in Psalm 68. When you make God bigger in your life, when you let him arise, focusing on his greatness, fighting your battles, focusing on him making your crooked places straight... You go out with this attitude of faith, expecting breakthroughs, expecting God's help. When you let God arise like that, your enemies will be scattered. And we've all got enemies, enemies of doubt and lack, enemies of anxiety and worry, enemies of depression and sickness, enemies of rage and injustice. Nothing Nothing, says Scripture, can stand against our God. He is all-powerful, almighty, the creator of the universe. He's promised that he'll be with us always. Just as he promised Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, he's promising you and I, I am with you always. So today, what are you letting arise? What are you letting arise? What are you lifting up or allowing to be lifted up in your life are you reminding yourself that God is with you? Are you reminding yourself that God is bigger than any problem that you have? Any, anything that's, that's obstructing you needs to be put in its place. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Look at all this produce here today. Do you know? Is it my age? But it wasn't too long ago that a tin of beans was 19p. And um, what is it now? It's about 50 odd <laughs> p, isn't it? Crazy. That could be a worry. I've also noticed here that my wife has brought in Butterscotch Angel Delight. And I was saving that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourites. <laughs> but anyway, God bless you, whoever gets that. <laughs> but the hymn writer puts it this way. All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. Then thank the Lord... Oh, thank the Lord for all, all his love. You know what? You could completely miss all the goodness of God and focus on prices and the cost of living and everything that's going up and it could rob you of all your joy, all your security, all your thankfulness. But instead, you could focus on The price of your sin, something that you could never repay, a debt far greater than anything in this current crisis, you could focus on the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus taking your sin and my sin on the cross, covering the cost, paying the price, enabling us to experience freedom and relationship with our Heavenly Father the one who supplies all our needs. The one who is opening up the windows of heaven. The one who is scattering our enemies. Look to him. Magnify him in your life. Don't look at your lack. Focus on his love. And as you go today, you might have got a little little piece of paper on your, uh, on your seat with the Hope Center leaflet. And all it says is, Heavenly Father, thank you for. You might not have a pen on you right now, but let me encourage you. Take this away. Even doing this is a real exercise of reducing your problems and magnifying God. Thank you for and think of what you can thank God for in your life. Maybe even his provision this week for you. But certainly for his daily provision of food and clothing and fresh air and friends and family. Could be countless things. Perhaps this sheet of paper is not big enough. But fill that in. Take a picture of it on your phone. Use it as a, as a desktop on your phone, as a screensaver or something like that. Make yourself aware of all the things that you are thankful for. And God will be magnified in your life. Problems will be reduced in your life, anxiety and fear and any other enemies will be scattered, and you will know that God's windows of heaven are opening up on you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're so tempted living in this world of. of Bad news and negativity and worry and fear and anxiety. We're so tempted to dwell on what we don't have, what we lack. And yet, Lord, your promises in your word are for bounty. They are for a land flowing with milk and honey. Lord, you give us so many good things. Lord, you know all our needs. You know all our needs and you supply all our needs. Help us, Lord. To focus on you today. Help us to focus on you. The author. The perfecter of our faith. You are alpha. You are omega. You are almighty. You are always with us. You never leave us. You're always caring. Your kindness towards us is amazing. Father as we end now and sing another song of praise and thankfulness. Lord, may we do that going from here. May we do it throughout the week. May we, Lord, take that prescription of your word and read and meditate and so get to know you, magnified in our lives. Lord, you're a good God. You're a good God. You will never see your children go hungry. Lord, we bless you for your goodness. We love you, Lord. Amen.